Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Books, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, chat to some of the leading lights and most interesting figures in this crazy industry we are in of writing and self-publishing. Today we are delighted to have a very special guest. She is Caitlin Silver, founder of Rewrite Books, and she is here to tell us all her secrets about penning a bestseller. We are delighted to have you, Caitlin. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Roland. It's really exciting to be on the podcast with you guys. Oh, well, we are delighted to have you. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing well. Thanks, Roland. And uh, welcome, Caitlin. I was just um, on your podcast recently. Uh, You have one called One Minute Writing Tips. Um, And that was, you know, that was a good time as well. So we wanted to have you on here because you talk to authors a lot. I mean, you have obviously all these tips and the podcast is more than one minute. Um, But, uh, you know, you talk a lot about how to craft a bestseller. You've written books on the subject. You have, you know, a Facebook group where you talk about it. You're always sort of helping authors with that um, information about how to craft a bestseller, which obviously everyone wants to do. So that's what we wanted to, uh, you know, to talk to you today about. But, you know, first, why don't you sort of uh, introduce yourself a bit, tell us how you got sort of started with all all this, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Yeah, thanks so much, Craig. And uh, yeah, it was definitely amazing to have you on my podcast. And um, I always jokingly tell people that the, the the writing tip itself is the short part, and then everything else is kind of just the fun stuff, you know. But <laughs> so it was great to do that. Uh, so for me, it all really started when I was very young, and my mom instilled the love of writing in me from a very young age. And so growing up, writing was always a very huge part of what I knew I wanted to do. And my mom passed when I was very little, but continuing to be a part of books and writing was just something that made me feel like I continued to honor her and remember her and, you know, have her as part of my life. And so when when I got, you know, into adulthood and I was working and I, you know, had a family and all that, um, there was this moment where I had kind of let all of that kind of get put on the back burner for me. And I had written several different things, but it, you know, it hadn't really been seriously pursued. And so I had this crisis moment where my oldest was getting close to about the age I was when my mom passed. And he had this thing at school where um, it was like one of those kids performances and I was working. So I wasn't able to go. And I went to pick him up from school And he looked up at me with tears in his eyes and he was like, mama, where were you? All the other kids' parents were here and I couldn't find you. And in that moment, I was just heartbroken. And I thought, what if something happens to me and all my kid ever remembers is me working. And I knew at that moment that I had to do something different and I had to figure something out. And so that's when I started um, realizing that it was a matter of priorities and I started shifting around my priorities and I stopped making excuses and letting myself stay stuck. And instead I, you know, I dusted off one of my favorite manuscripts that I'd previously worked on. Um, and then I, you know, got it finished and got it published with a publisher. And, you know, that book, um, it, it, it didn't really do very well out the gate. You know, I had, I had some negative feedback and it was my learning curve book. And I started learning about the industry and where, where some people might have that happen and get discouraged and be, you know, like, oh, well, you know, it's not worth my 
pursuit. I was like, nope, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to figure out what it takes to really become not only a bestseller, but just really make this my livelihood. And so, you know, I, I just threw myself completely into the industry. You know, I, I hired uh, coaches and I invested in programs and I was reading all the books and I was trying to do everything I could invest in, you know, my resources and my time when I wasn't working to, um, to figuring that out. And so, you know, I went through a couple more learning curve books and then I finally published my first bestseller. And once you kind of know how to hit bestseller, you know, it's like you, it's like, you know, you know, you, you can't unlearn, you can't unknow the secret. So then once I had that, I published a couple more bestsellers. And then after that, it was like other people reaching out to me, Hey, you know, how are you doing this? Can you teach me? And so then that led to those like kind of coffee chat conversations of, okay, here's what I did and here's what you can do. And then eventually it led to, okay, I'm going to start, you know, transitioning from working to, I want, I want to do this. I want to really pursue this and really make this my thing. So, um, my, the day my husband looked at me and said, okay, you know, you can, you can quit working and, and stay home with, and I, and I had had more children since then. And, um, just being able to do that and be a mom and also help other people hit bestseller and then write my own bestsellers is just kind of like the best day of my life, you know? So that's kind of the long winded journey of how I got to where I am now. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. That's very inspirational. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people feel that way you, you know, you're in a job and you don't have the time for your family, for yourself. And, you know, one of the reasons why a lot of people go to writing is because of the flexibility it gives you in your life. I mean, obviously not everyone can just do that. You have to also have a love of writing and some, some skills, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, if, if you have that, it's, it's a really nice thing to just be able to, you know, work for yourself, make your own hours, you know, be your own boss. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, too, to hear you say about crafting a bestseller is almost this thing where you've, you've learned how to do it and then you can repeat the process because um, a lot of people will think that you're going to just have a bestseller if your book is just amazing, right? But unfortunately, that's not the case. That's obviously one of the ingredients. And, and clearly, if you can't write a very good book, you're still not going to be able to craft a bestseller. But assuming you can write a good book, it's not enough to just write that good book. You can't just, I mean, back in the day when I was starting, you know, back in 2013 and there was hardly anybody else. I mean, there were lots of people publishing, but not, nowhere near where it is now. You could put out books and get to the top of the charts with no advertising or very little advertising. Now you you have no chance, you know, like if you're a no name, no one's going to find you. It's just, uh, you know, it's a big, big pool of people out there. So there are steps that you have to follow to become uh, a successful writer, write a bestseller, aside from writing a good book. So let's uh, let's dive into to what some of those things are. Yeah, absolutely. And Craig, you had such a great point there. Is that there are very there are many well written books, great stories that no one knows about that are just buried under, you know, tons of other books because they haven't ever, they kind of just believe the myth that you can kind of just stick it on Amazon and all the people will find it. You know, it's like this, this magical myth that's like, Oh, you just stick it out there. And it's like, no, there's this whole strategy. And so one of the, the number one things that I tell people um, that come to me and ask questions is 
many of the strategies that you learn to do it work, but the problem is that people kind of dabble in one strategy and they don't, they don't commit all the way through to reaching the result. They kind of like dip their toes in and they're like, oh, well, it's not working. And so then they try to jump to a different strategy and then they're like, oh, this one's not working. And then they jump to a different strategy. And the next thing you know, like they've tried all the strategies and never actually achieve the result. And then they've convinced themselves that none of them work. But if they would just pick the like pick the one that they feel most that they can commit to and really see all the way through and they just like don't give up and they stay committed to seeing that through until they get the result, they'll find that they then have something that they can use as a foundation to build on for future books because they'll grow an audience, they'll grow readers, they'll, you know, have more momentum for each book they, they release um, once they've built that foundation. So that's one key critical piece is, you know, choosing a, a best-selling strategy and then committing all the way through to the result. That's phenomenal advice. I hope everybody's listening to that because that's something that I think Craig and I have both uh, stumbled across. We work with authors who said stuff like advertising doesn't work. And it's like, I, I can promise you advertising does work, but you have to actually commit to it you have to have a strategy you have to to go through all the things you can't just like dabble in it and then if that doesn't work for you then it it doesn't mean advertising doesn't work it means what you were doing doesn't work yeah absolutely and 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 to your point too there's you know there's like sub strategies right like so there's the overarching strategy of advertising but then there's different types there's do you want to do a series of book promotions do you want to run ads if you do run ads, which platform? And do you want to go through all the testing of different types of ads and different text and images? And there's just so many different nuances to play with. And you have to give yourself the time and the flexibility to really explore. And I, I'll kind of give it the analogy of this kind of a, a, a roadmap or not a roadmap, um, like a, a, a map in a new world, like an adventure, you know, so it's like you're going through and you have to kind of go through the cave and go through the forest and go over the mountain. Like you have to explore and kind of have an adventure and have fun with it. Um, you're not going to reach the, the treasure chest, you know, right out the gate. You're going to have to, you know, dig and find it and explore. And, um, and, and I think for some authors, they get so bogged down in just trying to achieve that end result that they lose sight of the fun and the play and the adventure. And um, in many aspects, just like storytelling has to have a fun element to it, um, regardless of which type you're telling. I mean, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, uh, in the same way, every aspect of being a writer, you kind of have to have a sense of exploration and fun for it to be something that you can really pursue, you know, long term. Yeah, for sure. Um, So when you say that there are all these different strategies obviously there i mean there are but obviously some they're not all created equal (laughs) some will be better than others so when we say you know you got to try to uh stick with them to achieve the success you also have to make sure you you're picking the right one to begin with so when you talk about uh you know to to the people that you're talking about all this too uh, with, do you have like a number of different strategies that you think work or do you specifically have one that you suggest people follow? Yeah, I mean, obviously I have my favorite go-to strategy that always works for me. So, you know, um, and that one is is utilizing the launch team strategy, which, you know, is is getting a team together that, you know, you're going to give the they're you're going to give them the the book as a for like arc reviews 
and they're going to uh, download the book during launch and, and leave those reviews for you on the book page, help you, you know, get the book off to a good momentum and give it a good boost. Because when you get that that boost at the very beginning, it really helps sustain things long term as you implement some other things like promotions or, you know, continued conversation. Uh, and a lot of times a, a good launch team will also, you know, be sharing the book and, you know, talking about it and, um, you know, they'll order one and post pictures of it coming in the mail and, you know, things like that that really help you get in front of their audience and have a ripple effect. So that's my favorite go-to strategy. Um, I have worked with a couple of other strategies, like, for example, having a launch party where you get other authors involved and it's kind of called an author takeover strategy, right? And you get other authors and everybody has a chance to talk about their book, but then you're kind of the star in the spotlight and everybody kind of celebrates your book during launch. Um, and I've seen that one be pretty effective just because of the fact that you're helping other authors, you're giving them an opportunity to talk about their book and get in front of your audience and share each other's audiences. And that's, that's always a win because readers are excited to discover new authors and authors get in front of readers they might have not had a chance to get in front of before. Um, so that's an effective strategy as well. Um, it's just, it, it does take a lot of work and time commitment, you know, for all people involved, especially the one hosting. Um, so, you know, that's probably one that I like. If you want to do it, go for it. Uh, be committed to it. Not my favorite. Um, and then, of course, I do believe that the promo and advertising strategy, especially for someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of time or they're not sure they're, they have enough of a support team to do a launch team strategy, but they do have a financial budget to invest in advertising, um, that strategy can be very effective out the gate as long as you maybe even like are willing to play and test, or at least you have the financial resources to really like upfront invest in a significant amount of like marketing budget, like ads or promos or both or whatever, to really make sure your books and getting in front of those readers from the get go. So I would say those are kind of the top three. So you um, you talk mostly then with uh, with your with your author groups about um, about the launch team strategy, uh, and when you, but obviously the launch team strategy isn't just your launch team. I guess I imagine that that's sort of like the core of it. But you're still doing promos and advertisements. I imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, and and that's a great point. Is that any strategy can be coupled and kind of enmeshed with other aspects of other strategies or, um, and of course, most effective is like you said, doing some promotion and advertising along with the launch team to really give it the best that it can be. Um, I just know that too, that for some people, depending on their circumstances or where they're at, you know, even just being able to pick just the launch team can be very effective for just starting out where they're at if they don't have you know a promo budget or or whatever that looks like. So I think that each strategy can be by itself and can at least give someone a starting point to start building. Um, and if they have additional resources or they want to combine and they want to do both, then by all means, like I think it's great to absolutely go for it. It will definitely enhance the results as well. Okay, so uh, take us through the steps then of, of how somebody would, um, you know, craft a bestseller, assuming that they have their book ready to go, um, or, or maybe there's steps before that that needs to happen. But, um, you know, my assumption is, like, you know, you've got your book, it's edited, it's, you got your cover, all that stuff. Um, or, or maybe that's part of your strategy of what to do in, even before all that's done. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks for asking that because um, to kind of to go circle back around to what we were talking about earlier with if you have the best book in the world, but no one knows about it, you know, it's not going to hit bestseller. But on the flip side, if you don't have a book that's worth reading, like if it's crap and you're getting negative reviews, it's going to tank real fast, no matter how big of a marketing budget you have or how much you might have hit the categories initially. So it's a, it's a, you read my first book then. And yeah, go say that again. You've read my first book then. Oh, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I think we've all had one of those books that were like, oh, cringe, you know? Um, but yeah, so I think it's important to start off in the right place. And so one of the key things that I teach through the method is way before you even get to the launch plan and the right book cover and all that is making sure that you lay the right foundation with your book, making sure that it's rooted in the right place. And so for a lot of the people that I talk to, they struggle with writer's block and self-doubt and, you know, feeling of, you know, inadequacy and just like, you know, aren't there so many other books out there and, you know, all those classic self-doubt struggles um, and writer's block struggles. And so I really start with, okay, let's build the right foundation. Let's map out the story. And, you know, whether you're a planner or a pantser, I've had people tell me, okay, just by me laying this foundation and putting the right pieces in place, I've cut my writing time down significantly. Like I've heard from people that usually take years to write a book to writing it in like weeks, you know, because they laid the right foundation. So you don't necessarily have to be some intense planner where you're planning out every point or whatever, but it's important to at least give yourself a roadmap through the book and just kind of see the overall flow and the storytelling elements and see the areas where maybe you need more research or you need to develop it further or, you know, you need additional characters uh, for fiction, obviously, um, or, or just whatever those elements are that allow you to get a view of what your story looks like and where you have pieces that you need to flesh out or get more clarity or whatever. I think building that foundation in the first place will set you up for success because not only does it guide the writing process, help, you know, it helps my clients prevent them from getting stuck. Um, it helps them to really see where they're going. And then it also helps them be able to move things around accordingly to make the story, you know, better and flow better and, and connect more deeply with the readers. But then by doing that and by crafting the story in a way that's going to be set up for success, when you get to the publishing side, you can feel a lot more confident in what you've created, knowing that you started in the right place, you've crafted something that connects and that has all the elements in place. You know, you don't have any plot holes or, or things or whatever. And so you can really approach it knowing that it is going to um, resonate with your readers and go farther. And so when you hit those bestsellers and you do the right strategies, they actually, you know, they have long-term impact and effects because you've started from the right place. So I think both go together in balance. Right. I wonder if a true pantser would agree, though, that they should be plotting everything out. We did we did do a uh, plotter versus pantser throwdown episode a while back, and I, uh, I seem to recall, uh, you know, the author on the pantser side was very much against any sort of planning. <laughs> but... Listen, I am more of a plotter. So uh, <laughs> to me, that makes perfect sense. I can't even imagine writing a book without any sort of planning. Um, so, but but still, there's there's generally more of a hybrid approach for most people. You know, they'll do sort of a bit of both or leaning towards one side or the other. So it makes more sense to, uh, from my perspective, to, to at least plan out 
and go through, like you said, the ideas of what you're going to be talking about. Because once you get on a roll, it sucks when you're just, you have to stop because you didn't consider this or you didn't research that. Like you're writing, you're writing, and then all of a sudden you got to stop and be like, oh, now I got to research this thing because I don't know anything about it. Better if you have all that ready to go so that it doesn't sort of throw a, a wrench in your plans later on. Uh, okay, so then the foundation is step one. What's next? Yeah, so um, I I love what you pointed out too about about uh, plotters and panthers because I, I did see that one too, and you know definitely a lot of humor there. Um, and you know many many panthers may disagree. I just know that I have received that feedback from panthers that have at least tried it. And they're like, whoa, I can't believe how much this made a difference. So, I mean, you know, to each their own. Um, but yeah, yeah so once... Secret, see, that just proves that plotting is actually the right answer. But anyways, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from, from one plotter to another. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so once you have the right foundation and you, you started in the right place, you've laid those roots, then it's really growing the book from there. Um, so, you know, actually following, you know, the process getting words on the page. The most important thing I always tell people is, you know, ultimately when it comes down to it, you have to write the book. You know, you have to get words on the page and you have to actually get all the content down. And then once you have that content where it's in a concrete place, instead of just this jumble up in your mind, then there's something you can actually work with. You can move things around. You can flush things out. You can have more details. You can be like, ah, I went way too detailed on this part. I'm going to take some out. You know, um, you can really refine and polish I like to say that the first draft is meant to be ugly and that's why there's so many other drafts. So of course, you know, going through the self-editing process is really important. Um, you know, reading it out loud to yourself and hearing how it sounds and, and, you know, making those little changes to make sure that you really have crafted something that is well done. It's not just slopped on the plate on the page or anything. It's, you know, crafted well, it sounds good. It comes together, it flows, makes sense. Um, but the next piece after that, which to me is absolutely like non-negotiable, is having a professional editor of some kind. Um, and not like, oh, my my best friend down the street is an editor, so I'm going to send her the book. Like someone that can give you an objective third-party perspective and has industry experience. Because, and I, and I personally experienced this, and so have I also through like some of my clients who were like, oh, I have my own editor. And I'm like, great okay. And then I get the book and I'm like, I'm still sending it to my editor. Like we're just going to, you know, we're just going to go that route. Um, because having someone that has that industry experience is just absolutely priceless because they can tell you things that your readers are looking for that you would never otherwise know. Um, they can really help you get that third party insight without bias of, okay, this is worded bad, or this needs to be tweaked, or this comes off as offensive or, you know, whatever it is, they can really give you that insight and experience, um, that, you absolutely need for your book to resonate correctly with readers and actually become a bestseller that stays a bestseller and doesn't just, you know, become a one hit wonder, <laughs> you know? So it makes a big difference for sure. Having that editor. Yeah, for sure. We, we always uh, give the same sort of advice. Like you have to get it edited. Um, you know, beta readers sometimes help too, uh, you know, and, and the level of editing, you know, maybe starts off when you're first, writing at a higher level maybe you need developmental editing when you first get started but you know after a few books maybe you don't maybe now you only need copywriting or proofreading or whatever but you know there's there's uh you know different levels for the different stage you are at your career 
but you should always have some level of editing because even if you're an editor yourself, people that edit and write books still get someone else to edit because you, you get blind to your own mistakes. You read that, you know, you have the twice and you'll just keep reading just one of them, you know, every time you look through it or, or you, you know, you, you just forget things or, or you, you know, you, you, in your head, it all makes sense, but you didn't realize that you didn't really explain those things very well, but you understand it. So it just makes sense. Right. So it, it often helps to have someone else read it. And I agree. Don't get your friend, don't get your mom to read the book. Cause you're not going to get, um, you're not going to get honest advice. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, because, you know, and, and I can say this, too. I mean, if it's my best friend, I'm like, well, I really don't want to hurt you. But at the same time, like, I got to tell you the truth, you know, so it's just it's just hard. It makes it a little awkward. It's not, you know, someone that's more of a professional type of relationship for sure. And um, and, and yeah, you had such a great point, too, that I want to reiterate the importance of reading the book out loud when you're going through your own edits, because some people think that they can just read through and catch everything. And it's like, no, you, if you read it out loud, you really hear a lot more and and you're able to make those adjustments in a much deeper way than if you're just like reading through because your brain does fill in those gaps. And, you know, editors need their books edited too. So, you know. Um, well, that's phenomenal advice as well, because I know a lot of people who they love long sentences. And it's like, you know, if you read it out loud, suddenly you're like, oh, I can't read this entire sentence without passing out from hypoxia. So it is just, <laughs> just the basic ability to to write effectively is improved very much if you if you read it out loud yeah absolutely and i know i know some people are feeling really awkward about reading it out loud they're like oh what about my husband in the other room or my wife over there or my kids or whatever so i'm like okay look you can whisper it to yourself or you can go in a separate room or you can like you know go to the park or you can you can find a way okay but don't don't just find excuses not to do it because your your book will suffer and you will definitely be glad you did if you do it. So, you know, it's so important. I think it's especially helpful when you're reading dialogue. Um, often, you know, people say, oh, I can't write good dialogue, blah, blah, blah. If you say it out loud, you'll hear. Like, do people talk like that? You'll you'll hear that uh, this is not how, how people have a conversation. <laughs> if you start reading it out loud, sometimes that becomes very clear um, that, you know, that's not good dialogue. It should sound like you're having a conversation. It shouldn't sound like you're reading a very dense paragraph, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I think that often comes out when, and I know for this, this happens to me where I, the way I speak isn't the way I write. And so sometimes your internal voice comes out through your writing and you sound very like sophisticated and proper, but that's not reality of the conversation at all. And so to your point, when you, same thing you know you're, you're listening to it and you're thinking wait a second this is not how I would normally converse at all yeah that's such a good point because yeah you don't want to sound very uh pomp and prestigious sometimes unless the character is appropriately so you know so right. and I, you know there's probably ways these days to to just I don't know have uh your document read through text to speech that, you know, it probably, it's probably good enough at this point where it would actually sound like a, a person reading it. If you really don't want to read it to yourself and then you can sit there and listen to it, I guess. And that's probably the same, give you the same effect than if you were reading it yourself. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Modern AI can be good for some things. Yeah. I won't go into my uh, opinions <laughs> on some AI, but <laughs> it's here to stay. We gotta get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I saw you guys recently had a podcast on that too. Um, 
But yeah, yeah. so I uh, I agree. I think even just finding a way for like text to speech, you know, is can work well. It just figures out what what's going to be the best way that I can have this and still get the results from it. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, after editing, what's next? Yeah. So after editing is. Uh, probably one of the most favorite parts for anybody, which is getting the cover. Um, and then, you know, all the registration and the barcode and uh, getting to kind of announce it to the world. Right. And I kind of to take a step back. It is important to at least be talking about it, you know, through the process, because just letting people know that you're in the process and kind of letting them see behind the scenes gets people invested and they want to support you. And so it's always good. But the cover is probably like that that big moment where you're like cover reveal, you know. So it's it's always exciting. You can do promotional images and you know, kind of mock-ups and stuff like that and start kind of putting the storefront out if you want to put it that way. Um, but yeah, and I I always once I send the book off to the editor, I view that time because it takes the editor usually about a few weeks to really get through and give that first round of solid feedback. And so during that time, I try to be as efficient as possible and really focus on some of those background elements during that time. So there's the, I submit to the cover designer, you know, get the registration done, do the back cover description, all of those fun pieces. Um, but then I'm also working on more of the business side of things. So if I have my book connected to some kind of giveaway to join my email list, um, if I have the book that it's going to become some kind of uh, business tool for me where on the back end they can have an invitation to, you know, be part of my membership or they can buy more books. If it's, you know, I have a fantasy series that if they buy the first book, then I offer the rest of the series, you know, um, whatever that looks like. But I work on those back end elements and setting up, you know, uh, emails that might go out that invite them to review the book and, um, you know, just different pieces. I make sure that all those pieces are 100% in place during the editing so that once I get the book back from edits, then it's like the home run to the finish line. So I'm trying to get all those pieces in place. So those are um, things that you would like promotions and stuff that you would uh, give to your launch team, I guess, or is that something that you would um, do through other avenues? Like, yeah. uh, you know, this buy this and you'll get this one or whatever it is. Yeah. So basically, um, if, if I'm bringing in a launch team, which, you know, I've talked about that being my favorite strategy, I'm giving them as much incentive to be a part of the team as possible. So say I have a new book coming out and I'm giving away a free giveaway with that book to the public if they join my mailing list. But for my launch team, I'm going to go ahead and include that with the book on like as a bonus for being on the team. So, hey, guys, if you want to be part of the launch, you get the book before it launches. You get this bonus thing I'm doing. Um, you know, you get some other behind the scenes stuff like just make make it as as enjoyable for them and get as much you know from it as they possibly can because i recognize that it's a commitment to read a book and do a review and, and be a part of a launch team so i want i want them to feel like they're getting a lot out of it too um so that's all included with the launch team when i talk about setting up the foundational pieces on the back end what i more mean is on the public side of it like once the book launches there's going to be that setup where if they want to sign up for that bonus workbook or that extra short story or that, you know, list of character profiles or whatever the giveaway is that it, the page is set up for them to sign up for the mailing list. And then they're going to get the emails that give them the goodies and um, invite them to, you know, uh, leave a review on the book once they've actually finished it and, and that kind of stuff. So it's more for post launch. All those pieces are in place so that I can then just focus on launch 
and getting the most results from it on the front end and on the back end. Right. And so all these things, I think, um, at least up until this point, are, are sort of steps that you would use regardless of whether what your strategy is, right? Like these are all just key steps um, to to crafting a bestseller or crafting just a book in general that is going to have any chance of success. You want to go through all those steps that we've, we've talked about. Um, and I think now is where we're sort of getting more into the strategy of your specific strategy, like launch stream strategy or uh, promotional strategy or whatever. Right. Is that, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. I think um, the, the biggest thing that differentiates for, for me and for what people come to me with is, like I said, going back to the foundation and really just um, like I, I compare it to a tree. I say we're tilling the soil. So we're getting rid of a lot of those um, negative elements that will prevent people from actually, you know, accomplishing their book and accomplishing that long term goal with the book. And then, of course, laying down the right foundation, the right route. So making sure they're starting in the right place so that when they get into the later phases, um, they don't have those those blocks and doubts and fears starting to come creep back up again, you know, in the in the publishing phase. Um, and instead, they just, you know, continue to stay really grounded and really um, they feel confident through that process. So that's really what differentiates is just the way that I help people lay the right foundation. Um, but as far as for the actual process, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's pretty standard. Um, and, and you just you, these are steps that are necessary to set the book up for success, to connect with readers and to not just hit bestseller, but have something that sustains itself, you know, long term and has those good reviews and all of that important factors. So, yeah, and it's, it's super helpful to just have these laid out in one spot. You hear about a lot of these things in different things, different talks, different podcasts, different articles. You know, you hear about the uh, you should always make sure you get an editor. You should in different articles. Oh, make sure that you're doing this. And it's good to have it all listed out. Make sure this is this is these are the steps that you got to go through. And every author really who is successful is going through these steps to some degree or another. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And. Honestly, I want to um, also just kind of shout out to you guys for hiddengemsbooks.com because I know you and I talked about this on the podcast, but I really can't say this enough. Like you guys, I really love that what you guys have built because it really does help those authors out there who are going through these steps, but don't have all the elements or they're really struggling in one particular area like book blurb or um, you know, having a good cover that set it for success or, you know, getting enough reviewers involved or whatever it is. Like, I love that you guys have something available that offers authors kind of a um, a tool that will help them and kind of give them that step up or that boost through that process. I know I definitely have appreciated having that tool many times. So. Well, thank you. It's uh, definitely our pleasure to to be able to help the community. Uh, I've always said, you know, I got a lot of help when I was writing and, and it's, uh, it's very useful to, to people to have someone to go to where they can get the, the information they need, regardless of whether they use the services, you know, we have the information. There's so many things out there that are just not, not good. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of bad information out there and we're, we hopefully uh, can cut through some of that sometimes for people and, and put them on the right path. So that's what we're trying to do even with this podcast. So, um, okay. So then the next, what's the next step? So we're basically at the point now where I guess you got to figure out the strategy you're going to do and, and take it through. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Which makes us go full circle from what we talked about earlier, which is great. Uh, so yeah, so once you get the book back from the editor, um, of course you have to go through the edits and make sure you get the editor's final stamp of approval, you know, make sure everything looks really great and it's it's polished into the beautiful diamonds that it should be as opposed to the rugged rock that it started out as. Uh, but yeah, and so then, you know, you go through formatting, which um, to each their own. Some people like Atticus, some people like Vellum, some people like hiring, some people do it themselves, you know, whatever. But you do, you go through the formatting, you make sure you have everything you need for actually publishing um, and then, yeah, it's just implementing the launch strategy, whether it be launch team or take our party or promotions or some blend or some other strategy. I know some people like to do more of a traditional style with like interviews and, you know, book tours and things like that. So I, I don't really do that, but, you know, whatever. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's, it's implementing the strategy that you've chosen and, you know, kind of circling back to earlier, just seeing it 100 percent through all the way to the end. And. You know, even going through the launch strategy, going all the way through the launch, going all the way through all the, the process of launching your book, even if they don't quite hit like number one bestseller through that strategy, that doesn't mean that the strategy failed, right? It's okay, what what can I learn from this? How can I take away the wins? How can I, you know, tweak some things that maybe went wrong? Or how can I get feedback from maybe some people in my audience or some other authors that have gone through this strategy so I can make some adjustments and then go again? And the beautiful thing about having a book, in my experience, is that, you know, you put something out there and yes, the launch is over, you know, whatever. But that doesn't mean that the book is now just going to disappear. Like you can always like, continue to do more things with the book. Like once it's out there, it's out there and you can continue to push new readers to it and market it and promote it and do book signings and like utilize the book that you've written. I think too many times authors write one book and then maybe it doesn't turn out exactly the way they wanted and they just kind of abandon that book and they focus on a new one and they forget that every book you have is definitely a beautiful tool worth utilizing in some fashion. Um, sometimes you just need a little bit of time and perspective to figure out the best way to approach it. So that's yeah, and, phenomenal advice. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this before, like you, as an author, your job becomes easier. The more books you have, each book is a potential um, uh, way to, for somebody to discover you. Right. I mean, maybe this book wasn't exactly something that caught the eye of, of somebody, or you didn't advertise it necessarily in a place that, this type of audience would see, but maybe the next one is more for this person or, or, or you advertise it in the place where that person saw it. And then when they go and they read it and they enjoy it, then they look at your backlist and then they see, Hey, I can get these other books by this author that, you know, they didn't discover. And it's always important to remember, we talked about this actually on a very recent podcast where, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, they think they're old books, they're, they're, they're backlist books are, um, you know, they don't really advertise them. They don't really do anything with them because they feel like everyone's seen it. They don't even necessarily talk about it in their own mailing list, right? Because they figure, well, everybody in my mailing list has probably read it, but that's not true. I mean, people come to your mailing list if you're doing it right. They're always coming to your mailing list. Every new book is bringing more people to your mailing list. And if you're on your 10th book and somebody's signing up, they haven't read one through nine you know, whether it's a series or not, right? So if you're still talking about that occasionally in your newsletter or promoting it or whatever, it can still be a value. Sure, lots of the people in your list know about it, but there's probably lots that don't. So, you know, I agree. Don't don't just say, oh, it's an old book. I can ignore it now. I don't yeah. think people fully appreciate just how many people read books. 
I mean, even if it's just like Kindle Unlimited, the number of people with a Kindle Unlimited subscription, if you work it out, it's like 30 million. So, you know, you've got a pool of 30 million readers to market your book there uh, to. And yeah, you're absolutely right. There are so many hundreds of thousands of people who've never seen your book unless you get it in front of them. So you, there's always an audience. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And you brought up such a good point, too, and that is that there, there's, there is always an audience. And it's our job as the author to get our books in front of that audience. But the, I, I mean, there is definitely a plethora of readers in the world. I mean, as much as I enjoy writing and helping others, I also enjoy reading. I mean, and it doesn't matter how many books I've read on a particular topic or, you know, a fantasy or whatever. I still want to read more in that same genre or whatever. And other readers are the same when they enjoy a certain type of book they want to read all the books that are of that type of book and so you know even if someone has a book that that same topic has been said or, or taught or whatever they have their own unique spin on it you, and and each person has their own unique way of saying things or their unique you know story style or whatever it is and so i think it's important to just um if that's a gift that you have and it's a dream that you have i think i think it's absolutely worth it to pursue it you know make something of it Sure. Um, so have we have we covered all the steps then of the, the you know, A to A to Z? Oh, sorry, uh, Roland, are you uh, you're on mute there? Um, so I was going to say that was such a beautiful way to almost wrap things up the way you you, you sort of crafted your entire pre- presentation here, almost like a story. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's my goal is um, is just bringing it full circle. You know, you lay the right foundation, you grow your book into something beautiful that produces fruit for you so that it can continue to grow more. So um, that's kind of the analogy that I use for writing. Um, and to your question, Craig, yes, that was pretty much the gist of the steps. You know, you just kind of rinse, read and repeat. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. And with each each book, you're getting stronger, you're getting better, you're building a bigger audience to launch from, uh, you know, so you, you're definitely going to end up having more and more success as you go. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, we just get better. Right. But I think it does get easier, too. Right. I mean, it, yeah. if you're uh, trying to market your very first book where you don't have anybody on your list and, you know, you don't really... Um, have any sort of support system, you know, I think when you write your next book and you have a hundred people on your list, there's a hundred people that might buy your book right away. Right. Or that might talk about it to their friends or whatever. So I think even if you're staying at the same level of writing and ability, it is going to get easier with each successive book, unless, you know, the books are just really bad and nobody's ever signing up. Right. (laughs) But that's a separate issue that you can also probably fix, (laughs) you know, depending on what the issue is. But, uh, but, you know, you, people can improve as writers, too, and, and storytellers. Uh, it's just a matter of figuring it all out and, and understanding and having the ability to critically look at, at what didn't work and not take it super personally, which a lot of authors do because it's, writing is a very personal journey, right? But, uh, you know, if you, if you can get past those feelings of, like, you know, whatever they are, anger at, at the world for hating your book or, or, or self-doubt about, ah, I can't write, I suck. You know, if you can get past all that, then you can sort of start looking at what it is that kept you from becoming a bestseller and fix those problems. And maybe you won't fix them on the next book, but maybe you will on the, on the one after that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. 
Well, that is a wonderful way to wrap things up. Unfortunately, we are nearly out of time. So we are... Oh, what a fascinating presentation and uh, so much great information that you, you've given us. And I hope people were listening because there's an awful lot of, uh, of great stuff we can glean from, from chatting to you. Before we wrap things up, Craig, do you have anything uh, else to ask, Caitlin? Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I think, I think we we covered all of the uh, all the points as she said. So you know, I want to thank her for for coming on. And uh, you know, if there's what tell people how they can sort of find more information about all this, uh, you know, on your your website and all your groups, your Facebook groups, and all that stuff. I mean, we can include links as well. But you know, if people want to learn more. Yeah, thanks, Craig, and also Roland for having me on. Um, so if people want to connect, the best way is going to be on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Writers Club membership and just joining the group. There's uh, there's free resources. There's training. They'll get links to the website and to my page and just all the things. It's just it's more streamlined if they hop in the group and, and join and become a part of the Writers Club. So, yeah, I'd love to have them in there. Well, we'll drop a link down below. And speaking of which, while you're down there, if you liked what Caitlin had to say, make sure you leave her a comment and let her know. Make sure you hit that like button if you haven't already hit that subscribe button. Uh, so we are really, really, really grateful for, for all of the support that everyone listening and watching gives us. And thanks so much, Caitlin. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. Stay tuned. <laughs>